What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode one of Inspired with Cameron Stevens and my guest today for, well, realistically, who else could be my first guest? Nobody. This is the, what, thousand and something podcast myself and uh, this lovely gentleman have done together. We are welcoming the Canadian goose, Kyle Shaw. Ugh. The Canadian goose, Kyle Shaw, to this 
uh, first episode of the podcast. So welcome, uh, welcome, Goosey, and uh, how are you doing today, brother? I'm I'm doing pretty good, buddy. Uh, thank you for having me on. You can hear me clearly and everything. Oh yeah, I can hear you good. Solid. I, I'm just popping for all that uh, random junk on your wall back there. What is that? Uh, you got a uh, outfit for for a little girl? Is or? Baby's headbands. Up there is some uh, stuff my mother threw together. Yeah, what's up with the, the creepy Amish, uh, like, little girls outfit? Oh, dude, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, what's, uh, Wizard of Oz misses. Uh, oh, okay, Dorothy from the Wizard Dorothy, of Oz. Dorothy, yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's a the- Dorothy dress there. Uh, <laughs> gonna end up growing into that one. We've got the Wizard of Oz set up for the whole, uh, baby room here it's the uh easiest room in the house for me to go to <laughs> live from the lollipop guild it's inspired <laughs> with cameron stevens oh i love it absolutely love it uh but yeah man so basically what we got on the go with this podcast is we're going to be discussing some of what uh our inspirations are and uh, as he should be, the inspiration who we share, uh, that being Mick Foley, one of the many, um, as he should be, he's going to be the main event of this uh, episode, so we, we're likely going to uh, discuss a few things uh, leading up to him, but uh, we'll definitely be spending a good portion of the time discussing uh, the hardcore legend, uh, but... To start out, man, so who would you say are some of your biggest influences? Who did you really look up, like, look up to, look in, uh, look into when you were younger? Um, well, like, I mean, as far as wrestlers go, yeah, like, Mick Foley would be definitely top of the list for me. Uh, I also, like, um, Dusty Rhodes, a big one, you know, Samoa Joe. Like, I always pictured myself as, like, this fat dude, right? So, like, any fat dude that wrestles, like, I kind of, like, looked at their stuff and was like, well, what is this person doing? Especially, like, really successful ones like Mick Foley and Dusty Rhodes and, uh, you know, guys like that who are, are, you know, a little bit more rotund but are also, like, super successful in in the ring, right? Uh, You know, I'd I'd have to put Bray Wyatt on the list as well. Like, I I use his move as my finishing move. So, Mm -hmm. like... Yeah, the, those kind of guys are are definitely some people that I I would put on my list as inspirations for sure. And I like, mean, my gimmick is completely out there. It's not the same as any of those, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, so so I like I I can yeah I can put them down as like inspirations, but I don't think I've like outright copied anyone. Like, I mean, if. Shark Boy is on my list as well because he's like, like an animal themed wrestler, you know? So I love that. And like it speaks to a big part of this show too. And this first episode is likely going to be uh, a bit of a gauge on seeing how we're going to do this moving forward. As yeah, I'm we sure. haven't discussed a format or anything. Like, I literally logged yeah. on to the thick gimmick 10 minutes ago, and you were waking up from a nap. And yeah. then Spencer yeah, logged on. And it was like, yeah, we'll, we'll be good to go in, like, five minutes, boys. I was like, okay, cool. And 
we're just doing the show now. I'm figuring it out on the fly. So welcome to Pretty the wild world of good. podcasting. <laughs> welcome yeah, to love wrestling. It's like the RCW <laughs> podcast wrestling network. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, that's good. Um, but yeah, man. So this is kind of going to be uh, figuring it out as we go along, seeing how we're going there. Um, so obviously, when it comes to people who inspire us, it could be the smallest little thing that we take from them, right? Um, it could be just how they operate, how they. Um, interact with people could be anything about them that inspires us or um is influential in our lives uh how about we discuss some of the people whether it was wrestlers musicians whatever um who inspired you when you were like super super young guys like when you were a kid guys you looked up okay. who were some of your favorites uh well there's four that come to mind uh, their names were uh, Raphael, Michelangelo, Leonardo, and Donatello. <laughs> These bad boys uh, here. Yeah, yeah. I just, <laughs> I like, I loved the Ninja Turtles when I was growing up as a little kid in like the nineteen eighties, right? Like I was born in eighty four, so by the time like nineteen ninety rolled around and the Ninja Turtles were getting like their actual first movie and stuff, like I was right there for all of that. So like. To, to, to go from watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to professional wrestling is not that big of a leap. Like, I didn't, I was more so jumped on with the wrestling around the year 1999. But if you like go back to it, like, that is not a, like, Ninja Turtles to, to wrestling is not a leap at all. Like, no, not it, really. It, I wasn't like, there a Ninja once, once Ninja Turtles was over, you like changed the channel and could go watch, like, you know, whatever WWF Saturday morning cart like Saturday morning show was on. Right. So like, even though I wasn't personally, it's super invested in the wrestling till 99. Like my, my father and my brother still were in the house. So like, yeah, turtles is over and now we're going to watch wrestling and you know. And like, it, it was super uh, cool back then too. I mean, obviously before my lifetime, but uh Fuck you. <laughs> hey, man, I was born 98. What do you expect? <laughs> I was born when you were almost 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, man. So, essentially, I remember watching those old, like, live-action movies, the Ninja Turtle ones, and, like, those so much better than the new ones that came out. Like, I'm not even going to throw in the live-action ones. I, I mean, I can appreciate Bebop and I'm Rock not going to throw shade at any Ninja Turtles movie other than maybe the third one. that The one where they go back in time to Japan, that one's terrible. But I'm down for every single one of the other ones. I, 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 I love them all. Even the time travel one, I've got a soft spot for. Because realistically, like, how many times are you going to get to watch the Ninja Turtles go to ancient Japan? <laughs> Like, it's not going to happen. And I thought it's just going to argue the merits of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with me, but, like, being my, like, realistically, like... Oh, yeah, realistically. I mean, come on. If we're dealing with 
six feet tall talking ninja teenage turtles. I mean, how how unrealistic. Well, I, I I went from that to enjoying watching two people like put on the like outlandish costumes and pretend to fight. Like, oh, see now here, like I absolutely love that uh, Ninja Turtles is one of your go tos because like, like see, because you grew up with the first cartoon, didn't you? Oh yeah. Like well, like what I say, like you asked me when I was a kid, like it would be like me and my brother playing in the backyard. It'd be like, which one do you want to be? Be like, oh, I'll be, you know, Michelangelo, and he's like, oh, I'm Leonardo, and then we fucking fight outside. <laughs> you know, that's that's what how our playing was when we were kids. <laughs> you know. Oh man, because like, and here's something else too. Cause I grew up with the uh, 2003 cartoon. That's the Ninja Turtles I remember watching all the fucking time. Yeah. What were your thoughts on those turtles? Uh, I couldn't tell you anything about them. I uh, yeah. When I wa- when I got off the bandwagon there, I was off the bandwagon. Like, but I did not make it to the end of the of the original TV series. I've tried to go back and watch it and. Like, after the first couple of seasons, it gets pretty rough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it'll get pretty rough trying to watch all that stuff anyway. Like, especially when you haven't gone back and seen it in a long time. It almost ruins it for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I was right into the Power Rangers, too, which, like, is, like, you know, I went from from the Ninja Turtles into the Power Rangers and then into, like, enjoying star trek and then from that i got caught up in wrestling and then i've just been with wrestling ever since right i think with wrestling uh one of the things is there's no off season right like it it's year round so you don't have to like you don't get to like the 10th episode watch it and then have to wait till next year for to find out what's going to happen like it's on every monday and you, you can watch it Oh, yeah. Well, I, I suppose uh, when I was younger, it was every Monday and Friday, but... I mean, yeah, it's on every Friday and, 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 and whatnot as well, for sure. I always preferred SmackDown. I, I don't blame you, especially like right now, SmackDown is oh, yeah. the, definitely the superior show. Um, I would say so, yeah. The, the Thunderdome is, his is whole... starting to kill it for me, though. Like, now that we've had a couple of shows back here in Alberta in front of live fans, like, trying to watch it in front of, like, canned audio and just video screens and stuff, I I'm, I can't do it. I'm like, oh, this is horse shit. Excuse my language. Pardon oh, me. I don't care. Yeah. I, it's, yeah, I, I'm not a PG person, for those of you who know me on a personal level, so um, in the ring is the most PG you'll get me most times. So, <laughs> okay. oh, dude, if we get a swear jar, can I get whatever comes out of it at the end? You can buy more knickknacks to put on the wall behind you. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> More clothing for creepy midgets. Oh, jeez. Bruce would probably fit in that, too, wouldn't he? 
I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to uh, put put that on him. <laughs> you don't uh, want to picture like, that, do you? Yeah, no. I you mean, don't want to picture Brucey. Bruce I saw him at a, the last couple of shows in in Calgary and stuff. I didn't. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to make it to Calgary this week, but I was there last week and I saw uh, our little friend Bruce the midget, and he is looking jacked. He oh, is boy. built like oh, a brick house. Oh, man. he's been working out like mad, dude. Like. I like his lats are, are, are crazy. Like I feel like I could like pick him up, put him at the edge of the basin there, and rub my laundry up against his lats, and then I would get clean. You know, <laughs> probably would, man. He's that little bugger is in the gym every single day, all oh, the time. So he has yeah, to be. It really surprised me that he's. Uh, He's improving that quickly, man. And that's another thing too. With that AWA school in uh, in Calgary, man, they uh, they always got somebody there working, right? I've, yeah, that's one I, thing I love about them out there. I got to see some photos from their big event, and it looked like it was quite quite a good time. Uh, they just had the first Can Am show on Saturday at the uh, Elkton campgrounds i think it was called the elkton i think elk or elkland or something like that and but i I heard there was like 500 people there so that's yeah i had to show this comment this is tremendous absolutely tremendous (laughs) so was that uh rye levy i hope i said that right on facebook absolutely tremendous i love that comment Rye was on uh, uh, Spencer's um, show a little while ago. Um, yeah, because Rye, Rye does uh, the stuff about uh, the folks that are uh, um, LGBTQ folks in wrestling. I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. Anyway, let's get your podcast back on track here. Yeah, for sure. Um <laughs> Yeah, so obviously Mick Foley was going to be a major point of discussion. And I know you had mentioned how a lot of your influences um, basically, like the inf- the influence Mick Foley had on you, and a lot of the ones you had listed earlier were guys who realistically were guys you could relate to. There was yeah. something about them personally that you could relate to, whether it was physical look or um, a personality trait. Is there anything when it comes to um, the ones outside of Mick Foley that you wanted to elaborate on uh, before we get into uh, the hardcore legend himself? I mean, like... Obviously, like, I like Bray Wyatt because Bray Wyatt also clearly has a lot of Mick Foley in him. You know, like, half the stuff Bray Wyatt does is, like, Mick Foley spots and whatnot. Um, I also added Dusty Rhodes, just, like, the amount of charisma and, like, just being in control of the crowd the way he is. You know, like, those are two sort of things I would take away from those guys. I do see a lot of uh, Dusty in you. And the reason I say that is uh, the common man. 
And it was one of those, like, whenever I was looking... Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. What was you? Dusty was the common man. He was the one everyone could relate to. He, you know, his, uh, his belly was just a little big and his hiney was a little big, but he's bad, man. And that's... Mm -hmm. He was someone that the people could look up to and relate to. He was the man of the people. And hey. I see you in the same uh, the same limelight, dude, where, like, and realistically, a big part of this show existing is the knowledge of, obviously, we have all these people that inspired us. Mick Foley being the one that we share that we've chosen to make the main topic of this inaugural episode, but... Partially why I've decided to make this the topic of our show is because, as I'm sure you've also had this same thing happen to you, Goosey, where we're at the merchandise table or something like that, and we get a little kid coming up to us or a kid with their parent and their parent is telling us how much we, uh, how much our work meant to that kid. Yeah, it's pretty and personally good feeling. for me that. Dude, that is something, like, that tugs on some real big heartstrings, man. It really do. Especially now as a parent, it's, yeah, it's very, very important for me to actually make sure that uh, whenever there is somebody who I'm inspiring or influencing, that I do my absolute best to be as good to them as humanly possible. Not that I don't try to be good to people anyway, but, you know. But yeah, so I suppose that's a little bit of a background as to why um, we're doing this show. And honestly, Kyle, you're one of the guys that first came to mind when I immediately had this idea of doing a show about inspirations. Because realistically, you yourself are an inspiration to a lot of people. Uh, okay. Uh, no, nah, man, that's, that's true, brother. Like... And here's something, too, and I do want to speak to it briefly, because obviously I don't want to uh, uh, put you on the spot or nothing too brutally. But, um, yeah, man, like, honestly, the adversity the boys, after watching you take tr just to get into the industry, the adversity you faced in life getting in getting to this point in general... Dude, trust me when I tell you, you are someone who is inspiring to people, both fans and friends alike. Well, like, I, I definitely appreciate that. I Like I say, like, I just think that the key to, to being good at, at wrestling is the hard work you put in, right? So just that's all that I try to do is just work hard and, you know, entertain people like that i i say it all the time but like i'm in wrestling to entertain people with my friends you know so yeah, absolutely i'm just kind of trying to have as good a time as i can and entertain as many people as i can but i want i want to be good so you know i that's i keep working hard and i i guess like if there's any inspiration to be had from from me then it's just yeah go for go for it try to achieve your dreams why not you know 
I love it, man. I absolutely love it. And that's something, you know, you miss 100% of the chances you don't take. So always shoot your yeah. shot. You never yeah, know like, what the answer is going to be. The answer is always going to be no if you don't ask. My my biggest regret is that I waited so long to, to actually believe I could get in the ring and, and put on the boots and, and wrestle. Like, I wish I had done it 10 years earlier. You know, like I didn't have my first match until I was 36 years old or whatever, you know. Um, I didn't know you were that far up there. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'll, I'll be a 38 in February. So, yeah. yay. Well, so I, you uh, don't look like you're that far up there. No, no. But like, I'm, you know, I, I, I seem to spend a little bit more time on the shelf than a lot of other people, but. It's because I'm a little older than a lot of other people. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm not trying to put any justifications out there or anything. I'm just, hey man, you know, wrestling's dangerous. I wish I had you on the show. Like there's what, almost a 20 year age difference between us. Yeah. And we get along like, you know, buddies for sure. You know? And with that age difference, our influences likely, the ones that are different would likely be very different, but it's funny that we've got a lot of the same influences, a lot of the same people that we look into. I mean, yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, you were discussing earlier about influences and how Dusty Rhodes is like the common man and stuff. And just to relate this back to McFoley. The thing I like about McFoley is that he's everything Dusty is, but he's also fucking crazy, and he will mangle you. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's 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 a hundred percent why I think you know McFoley is one of my favorite uh, wrestlers from an in-ring standpoint is because he's so lovable and like he you you can get so much sympathy for him that when he does turn around and he starts mangling people like a vicious, like crazy animal, you're like, yeah, <laughs> like you just got your ass beat for like, you know, 20 minutes. Now oh. kill that guy, <laughs> you know, like that's what I love about McFoley. I mean, other, otherwise, like as far as inspiration goes, just like, because I don't take a lot of in-ring inspiration from Mick Foley. I think that anyone that does that is kind of destined to have a pretty short career. Um, Especially or, these days. Yeah, like I just got through telling you I was. I felt like I was old and, and uh, you know, having to be injured and stuff, you know, sucks. So, like, I don't model a lot of my, my actual in-ring around what Mick Foley does. It's more so around his uh, personality and his you know, his just how to be a character and, you know, be a quality human being. That's sort of what I like to model the most after, you know, like I can tell when I look at Mick Foley that he was there because he wanted to entertain people with his friends. Like he wasn't some, you know, real jacked up like football player that they were like, oh, wow, look at your abs come and join our WWE uh, developmental program and we'll put you on TV, right? No, he was, um, you know, a person that loved wrestling and went out and put in the work and got in the ring and did his thing. And 
he wasn't like everybody else. He was completely different from everyone else, but he was also like, you, you believed in him. You believed when he was taking an ass whooping that he was, you know, he was on the brink of death and you believed when he was coming back that, Oh boy, the guy he's wrestling is in trouble now. Cause homeboy is nuts. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And when it comes to, Mick Foley, man. Like, I always remember watching his promos. Uh, his promos that always stood out to me, though, were his ECW anti-hardcore promos. Yeah. Those yeah, ones... I mean, I've seen some of that stuff. Uh, oh, you get one of your famous uh, cats uh, from Twitter is behind us. Uh, is that Fireball? No, this one's Jelly. Fireball is the one ah, I was going to say Jelly Bean. Before. Okay. <laughs> who, who are you inspired by? Okay. Ernest Miller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ernest Miller is your favorite wrestler, is it? Oh, tremendous. But, uh, oh, Th that's something I, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, like, if you're looking for somebody that cuts a great promo, like, Mick Foley is, like, I think your, your most famous wrestling promo guy of all time is The Rock, and then... I would put guys like Roddy Piper and uh, Steve Austin on that list. But other than those three or four guys, Mick, nobody comes close to Foley. You know, maybe Macho Man and, and Flair would have to be on that list too. But I, I like Mick Foley, one of the top promos in the history of professional wrestling. Well, he had that he had that ability to connect with you on a personal That's, level. Yeah, like exactly, was, just like the Dusty Rhodes thing. Like Mick Foley exactly. was a common man. Yeah, the, uh, Kane Dewey promo, and he's there yelling his head off about you. You ripped out my heart. You ripped out my soul, and he meant it. And you could tell that he meant it, right? Mm -hmm. It's something like, man, this is some this is some stuff here that you don't want to be missing out on like I, i'm here watching you know cactus jack talk about how it's just not worth it to him anymore because after everything he's done to his body he goes out and sees kane dewey and meanwhile how old was dewey at the time like fuck, yeah. was he even five? Oh, i don't think so i mean like he was a toddler right so yeah. i'll be honest from a parent's point of view yeah <laughs> that is not something you want to see when you go through the curtain, especially <laughs> when like could be a Cade Maisie sign when you get there to your next oh, show. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Jesus, there'd be a caning in the crowd then. My God, <laughs> cane jelly bean, cane jelly beans. Oh boy. But yeah, like he he took things from his real life and 
was able to manipulate his words in order to match his true emotion while still maintaining telling the story he's trying to tell and not fully telling what he's feeling if that makes sense um i mean i just believe what he's saying to me you know like i believe i can buy that okay this is him talking and these are his thoughts on it like it's not like like we talked about or, or like modern day wrestling earlier and it's like when you watch modern day wrestling a lot of times a promo will come on and you watch it and you're like oh this guy spent all afternoon trying to memorize what he was going to say during this promo and like you can tell as somebody walked up to him gave him a piece of paper and was like here's your lines for tonight and then they went off to a corner and they sat there and probably memorized their lines or you know, even worse situation, they went out and they put together their match that they had to have with somebody. And in between doing that, they had to memorize these lines. And then with Foley, they probably just were like, okay, you know, it's, it's 20 years ago. It's 30, like 25 years ago or whatever. We don't need to script every promo. Here's your, here's your general situation. Talk for a minute. And 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 let's see what you got. And that's how they kind of did things back then. It wasn't, you know, a team of twenty people didn't come up with your promo that, and then say, "Here's your lines for tonight." They said, "Okay, uh, Mick, tonight you're, you know, going into a boiler room uh, match against the Undertaker. How how would your character feel about that?" And he, you know. Mick would be like, oh, can I hold my little rat friend or whatever while I cut the promo? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, Jim Cornette's pet rat, George. Well, I just mean that, like, when it's not coming across like it's been memorized or that, like, time has been put into memorizing what you were going to say, you can tell, you know? Well, that's the thing is, like, you feel it. And Mick Foley has, I mean realistically it's only something i've noticed somewhat recently but uh a lot of my promos when i look back at them especially when they're something that's emotionally charged very very um strong influences from mick foley especially when it comes to his old cactus promos talking about how you know, he, he would t- start out low, start out low, and then he gets super loud and then come right back down. Then he'd get right high again and come back down, right? It was a roller coaster of emotions when you were listening to him speak, and that's something I've uh, personally tried to take as best I can. Um, especially, like, one promo that I had done that um, in the back of my mind was actually an attempt to you know what, I'm going to do what Foley did in the sense of I've got some real raw emotion right now and I'm going to put it on screen. And the promo I'm referring to is the one for The Last Man Standing with uh, Jeremiah Javen not too long ago. Uh, There was a lot of real pent-up emotion uh, going on in life at that point and Javen was the target. So... (laughs) Well, I mean, 
I, I I can't speak to the promo or whatnot. I probably did see it. I just uh, you know, it's not. Um, oh, it's been a while. Lingering it's here. been at least yeah. like five months. But I I I hear you. Like I've never nobody's ever like Squig does not have, believe it or not. Squig has not you know been sitting at home, wrote his script out, then handed that to me at the beginning of the show and said, okay. Segment I've three. I've seen him give us cards. Yeah, on the back. yeah, like <laughs> legit, like the RCW. When you show up at, you, you generally like unless you're in one of the like advertised main events, you like show up and find out like half an hour before you're going to the ring who you're wrestling. So like, <laughs> and it'll change no, like three, four times throughout the night. Yeah, and a lot of times, like when I do a promo or something, it'll be me going. Is it okay if I do a promo? <laughs> Uh, you know, and then they were like, yeah, okay. And then you just go to the ring and you make it up uh, while you're out there, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I, I find that that's better than, cause I don't know. I think I'd rather, I, I'd rather do that and then possibly be successful or possibly bomb than, than try to prep something like out and that I put all this time into and that bombs anyway, like, I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't prepare for your work or whatever. Like, absolutely. If you've got an idea going into your promo, great. But like, I I don't, I I don't know if like you need to to go and rehearse it with the boys, like before the show or whatever, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Very much agreed. So there was a comment that was shown on screen earlier. I'm going to put it back up there because it's a very, uh, it's a very good comment, one I wholeheartedly agree with, and how, it's how, about how the original Dude Love videos from when he was a kid are some very connective promos, and I wholeheartedly agree, man. Like, that's something I used to see, because I don't know about you, Goosey, you remember that uh, biography came out about Mick Foley there in the late 90s? I think it was 99? Okay, yeah, yeah, I would have saw, I didn't see the most recent one that they just did, but I, I definitely saw that in 1999 so, or 2000 in a biography. I had that one on VHS tape when yeah, I was I did a kid, too. and I would watch that all the time, but I would see Mick Foley on top of his buddy's garage and jump off his buddy's garage, and I'd say yeah. to myself, you know what? If he can do that and then go as far as he did, what's stopping me from trying to learn how to do some shit now, right? Like, I remember going out at, like, anywhere between single digits onwards in age, right? Going out with a pillow, like those old Spider-Man pillow gimmicks, go out on the trampoline, have a full match. Jeez, I was out there all day long, jumping off the deck. Dude, oh my god. I, I'd, uh, one thing I used to do, I had this belt back then, and right now it's been edited up for the family game night that we See, haven't done in a while. Mick Foley but, uh, is actually watching this, like, Mick, this is the kind of dorky shit you're responsible for. <laughs> yeah, Mick, it's entirely your fault if you somehow see this. Yeah. Thank you for everything you've done. Yeah, Never 100%. feel the urge to apologize for anything that you may have done in your career. I don't care how many people may have gone through that hardcore wrestling. 
uh, lifestyle that may have absolutely destroyed themselves, man, at the end of the day, Mick Foley was an influence to all yeah. of all these kind of people. No, like Foley is not to be blamed for the guys who go out and mutilate themselves. They're going to do that anyway. A lot of them yeah. were watching the Japanese deathmatch stuff on top of Foley, but Foley was the one who made that connection. Foley was the one who brought that style to the mainstream and made it okay. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I mean, I know we talked earlier, you mentioned about the video of him jumping off his roof. And my immediate thought was, well, I mean, that's not really something like when I think about like the highlights of Mick Foley's career, that's not really something I think about. Cause like, Pretty much anybody can go out there and jump off their roof. Like Absolutely. that doesn't take a lot of skill. Uh, you know, it takes balls for sure. It's not something you know I would do, nor would would I recommend anyone do it to try to get into wrestling. Like especially yeah, like I, today, I that yeah. People be Coming like, off your roof won't help you get into business uh, today, kids. No, if you want to get uh -huh. into business, go to a training yeah. school. Yeah, There's learn how to lock in up. That I can think of off the top of my head: Top Talent Wrestling Academy in Edmonton and Alberta Wrestling Academy in Calgary. Both are deadly options. Do not go jumping off uh, friggin' Johnny Zucker's roof to try to get a spot on a Vince McMahon show. It's not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you need to actually learn how to like actually wrestle, and I think that like. Mick Foley does kind of take a lot of like the blame and responsibility because like that video was like a thing that got him doors open for him. And then other people did try to, like you say, like there's a whole generation of backyard wrestlers and stuff that all came up and their videos, like the, you know, best of backyard wrestling, however many volumes there was of that is kind of like Mick Foley's a little bit responsible for that existing, but I like, I have done backyard wrestling and it was me and some buddies fucking around in the backyard, having a good time. You know, nobody was out there trying to actually convince anyone that we were like legitimate, like tough guys or anything like that. Uh, yeah. But, like, yeah, you can't, like, I didn't, we didn't jump off our roof or, like, hit each other with anything that was on fire or, like, land on any spikes or glass or anything like that. Like, it was just literally, like, people out there trying to have fun. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I, I do think that, like, it got out of hand with some of the things people tried to do to show like the WWE that like, Hey, look how tough I am. And I don't think anyone that was involved in anything like that ever actually got to WWE aside from uh, Dean Ambrose, maybe yeah. who could be credited with doing some of that sort of stuff. But he also like just to, to sell CZW short as a federation, like a backyard operation would be wrong as well, because like, you know, Dean Ambrose is a fully trained wrestler and, you know, Oh, absolutely. He can it, lock up like and, and the Hardys work. are backyarders. Cause realistically that's how they started. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just, I just mean like, you know, no Vince McMahon never saw a tape of 
anyone going through like a glass light tube log cabin and then was like, hire that man, <laughs> you know, like, we need him. Yeah. <laughs> that log cabin light tube death match was good shit, pal. Let's hire the guy that took the weed whacker uh, to the gut. <laughs> like, you know, like, he, no, but they never ever done that. So, like, learn how to wrestle safely and and stuff if you want to be on shows that's my advice because i've seen i've you know i've i've been there on the ring apron watching people like that maybe only had like backyard level of experience actually try to be on a show and it, it 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 was not a good time uh you know for me and it wasn't I a was good there. time for the person that we were wrestling and it wasn't a good time for that person that was I was there trying yeah. to live their dream yeah. and it was like oh, you're not ready to do that yet so go go out get your training put in your hard work I'm, and then when you I'm come I'm not back, going to speak you'll enjoy on your experience here. you know yeah I'm not going to speak on names here but I was like this on the apron of the ring for a good at least 50% of the match yeah, you were the, you were there for that one one incident. There I was. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I like so like when I say Mick Foley is my inspiration, you know, because he was a hefty dude. It's not because oh he look at him, he was a hefty guy. He was fat and lazy, and he still got over. Like that's not what I'm trying to say. No, because he put in his work, right? Like fully he put in his work. Too. Yeah, he probably had to work harder than a lot of the other people that were in great shape because it's Absolutely. like, you know, it's more he difficult for somebody packing some pounds to to do some of the like physical trust me. Like when I have to do like the cardio blow-up drills and stuff, it it's rough on it's yeah, it's I like I I I'll see MRB go in there and do it and then Zoe goes in and does it. And then I go in and I just, I'm, I'm struggling, fighting to keep up, you know, and that's like for Foley, I'm sure it was the same thing. Like I heard stories of him sleeping in his car and, you know, just like the level of dedication that it took for him to be a wrestler. And that's inspiring to me too. Like I have traveled the roads with, uh, Stephen uh, Styles, the fellow that owns RCW, his dad, uh, Vic, is like, well, he's got to be like nearly eighty years old, and I've I've traveled all across this whole province with him, and you know, like, Vic uh, is legendary. He's him. legendary, and I'm not trying to to you know complain. He's crowd like he's crotchety. He's you oh, know, man. he's he's That's a very yeah yeah like he. He's very much like, you know, like a grouchy old dude, but he's also, you know, I, he's wonderful. And I have had to ride to shows with him. And sometimes like a three hour drive is with Vic, a, you know, six or eight hour drive. And like a lot of times you have to stop and sleep in a town because it's just too late to keep going or whatever. And like, there's been a lot of nights where, I've had to sleep in the back of Vic's motorhome, snuggled up with like six other people, <laughs> you know, and some of them maybe wet the bed. Like, it's, it's just like, 
Mick Foley would do it. Why not? Why not the Canadian Goose, right? So, like, there's all kinds of inspiration I can take from somebody like Mick Foley, especially like he's also he's he's a well like, I mean, he's been hit in the head a lot, and you can tell from some of his later promos that are not super magical because you can tell somebody did try to give him a, a script and say, "Here's your lines," and he's like, "You know how many concussions I've had? I'm not going to remember any of this bullshit, right?" <laughs> like, there's I remember one where you can literally see Stephanie McMahon like feeding him his lines. <laughs> Like, you know, under she's like holding the mic down here, going, "Yeah, yeah," and then uh, have a nice day, <laughs> like you know, and fully yeah, then, oh yeah, have a nice day, <laughs> like yeah, you know, there's just so many things you can take from a guy like Foley who and also like guys like who that, are fortune has know. like written books and stuff. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. it's like with guys like that, just let him go, man. Like yeah. giving him, giving people like Mick Foley a script, like come on now. Comment. Yeah, of yeah. all people to give that to, it's like, what are you gonna are you gonna give uh, Ric Flair? Well, actually, yeah, but you know, still, like you're dealing with people who could, you know, fill an arena with just their words, man. How yeah. the hell are you gonna give someone like that a piece of paper and tell them how to be themselves, man? Oh, I get I, I like that. I remember seeing some of the later Mick Foley promos, and they were disasters. Same with, like, Kurt Angle and stuff. Yeah. yeah, like, it just, like, I feel bad for him in those instances, but, like, yeah, when I th- think of, like, my top favorite wrestlers, you know, from the 90s, especially, like, yeah, Mick Foley is number one from the 90s, for sure. And there's something else about Foley, too, is he's a nice dude on such a level where he'll help out somebody if he feels like they're caring about what they do. And um, I don't like using this example, but I will. Uh, Dude, he took the dick flip of all people to take the dick flip. Mick Foley, man. Like, that's something he really didn't have to do, but he's seen that clown as somebody who cared. So he helped him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, I'm... I don't uh, like Joey Ryan if anyone... Okay, I mean, yeah, that's fair. I mean, some, some things, like, that were alleged against him are definitely, like, not the sort of things I would like to you know, get behind or whatever. But like, I do remember when Joey Ryan was here and before we knew any of those horrible things, I found the dick flip thing pretty entertaining. I thought it was funny as fuck. Personally, the dick flip was where I kind of lost interest in him. I enjoyed his sleaze gimmick. As soon as he started flipping people with his dick, I was like, you know what? Fuck you. (laughs) I mean, it's ridiculous nonsense, but I'm a fan of ridiculous nonsense. Like, we're sitting here dedicating an entire podcast to a man that dressed up like a hippie. Like, dude, love, dude, and often put a sock puppet on his hand and then, you know, use the sock puppet to, to like, try and strangle his opponents to death. Actually, here's a question for you, because you're a huge Foley fan, too. Have you ever given yourself a mandible claw? Uh, n- no, not not to myself. 
No? Have you ever actually proper given somebody a mandible? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've definitely, you know, put a socko on my arm and put that in somebody's mouth during a backyard wrestling thing, for sure. Oh, man. When uh, Mick Foley's documentary came out, the somewhat more recent one, jeez, uh, what was that called? Uh, the one where it's him sat in the throne-looking chair. Okay. I went out of my way to find a version of that three-disc DVD that was wrapped in a Mr. Socko. Oh, okay. Yeah, I it was like this close to buying like four or five different DVDs just to, just for Socko. <laughs> I need a Socko for every limb. <laughs> yeah, it's like I need a Socko for this foot, this arm, this arm. I need a backup in case I lose it. <laughs> I am fully prepared in case there is a Socko uh, hokey pokey that needs to be danced. <laughs> oh, man. And, like, Mick Foley is somebody who is relatable on so many levels. And, like, we can relate to him on the original Dude Love videos in the sense of Dude was a um, – emotionally abused high school kid realistically like when it came to his peers at least like yep. he was somebody who had the mindset of nobody fucking cares about me and then he goes out and i'm gonna be somebody and he was pushing so hard i'm gonna be somebody i'm gonna be somebody you seen it in his eye he cared he loved what he did and like that always resonated with me and i i feel like it uh, likely resonated with you as well in in the sense of Man, like, I'm watching somebody do what they love, and it makes me love to watch them do it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, we haven't even got into, like, hardly any of the actual WWF matches. Like, I brought up the, the, the boiler room thing with The Undertaker, but, like, also, like, Hell in the Cell is, like, a legendary match. The, uh, a lot of people say either that one of them, the, the one against Triple H, is also like a really great match that Hell in the Cell he had with Triple H. Uh, the match he had at the Royal Rumble against Triple H was mm -hmm. just crazy nut bar, like awesomeness. The match against Randy Orton that was right here in Edmonton, uh, like that was an incredible, like hardcore match, but like you know. Then you're talking like there's some bangers from WCW. Like I, I remember one he had against Sting that was some fantastic stuff. You got all the, you know, matches with Vader and all those guys, you know. Um, and then, yeah, like ECW. But like I, I think that the era of Foley I'll always be like the most connected to is when he was like 99, like retiring like right after he did the cage thing and like that's when Maybe. i sort of yeah go to sort of got involved in it but like that's when he was doing all the goofy stuff with like al snow which also made me like a huge fan of al snow oh al snow was awesome i love al snow yeah so like there's just like his career spans so long and he's got all the books so you know you can actually zone in on some of his uh you know, some of his internal thoughts because he's written them down in books, right? So, like, there's just so much fully stuff out there 
yeah, yeah, and yeah, he's he's always been one of my favorites and and a, a huge inspiration. I actually have a a Cactus Jack shirt around here. That I know. I, I got a buddy I'm, who's got a Cactus Jack shirt that's like two, three sizes too big for him, and he's holding on to it strictly so when I see him next, I don't care what shirts of mine I need to give him, but I'm getting that Cactus shirt. Well, I loaned it to uh, Sweet Daddy Soul uh, on the night uh, he was he was here in Edmonton, and he came down to Top Talent Wrestling Academy and was doing some training. He didn't have a shirt, though. I had this Cactus Jack shirt, so I I I like loaned it to oh, him. Oh, is that that King of the Deathmatch shirt? No, no, no. This is just a straight up actual like wanted dead Cactus Jack shirt that I bought from Mick Foley personally. Like I handed per handed Foley my twenty dollars, and he handed me the T shirt and was like, "Thank you for buying my T shirt." And we took a picture, and uh, you know, uh, that's something else too. Foley is one of those guys where, like. You can tell he really does care about the connections he makes with people. Like, why would he go out of his way to thank some? Like, I understand the quick, hey, thanks, I appreciate. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a, it was at a comedy show. Like, it was a Mick Foley comedy show. It's not like I walked up to him in the street and tried to fucking buy his merch off of him. (laughs) Noel, Noel, I need a Cactus Jack shirt. So anyway, yeah. So like, I loaned it to to uh, Sweet Daddy, and then he went to Mexico and took my shirt with him to Mexico. And when he came back this week, I was like, "Hey, man, do you have my Cactus Jack shirt?" And it took him a week, but he did actually return my shirt. So I was like, "Oh, right on this this oh, yeah. Cactus Jack best. shirt has been." <laughs> now probably worn in the rings of mexico as well <laughs> probably so, yeah yeah but yeah that's that's and yeah man and something yeah, else getting to meet Mick Foley was was a treat for people sure like you and myself um where he's obviously he does these stand-up comedy shows he's a writer he's obviously a professional wrestler realistically he's someone who's taken every little influence he's had in his life and tried to be as creative and as in as many different platforms and as many different ways as humanly possible and that's something i personally can relate to and i feel like you're very similar there goosey because i mean obviously we're doing these podcasts we obviously wrestle yeah and it's not like we are stopping our interests at that right because i mean Obviously, I do the graphic stuff. I know you do other things as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, like, it is another thing. Like, Mick Foley wrote the books, and, you know, he was heavily involved in, like, all kinds of commercials and stuff. It's just part of, like, being a performer. is That getting, ravioli commercial. Yeah, getting your, your name and, and face out there. Like, this is all a part of it for me, like... This is why I like doing the love wrestling because it's another way for me to get my name out there and stuff, you know? Um, yeah, 100%. Like, that's that's a big part of wrestling is, you know, like being a good wrestler on the wrestling show is, is, is good too. But, like, if you're out there sort of grinding between the actual wrestling and still trying to get your name out there, then, you know, I think that's helpful. 
Yeah, man, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, when it comes to Mick and some of his uh, character work, it, I suppose is the best way I, I would put it. Um, very inspirational, uh, especially to someone like myself. And I'm sure you are the same way because, I mean... I. Obviously, we've both gone through our fair share of mental health struggles. Fair, yeah. And we've we're both like we in certain aspects like to consider ourselves fairly fun-loving people. Mm -hmm. So it's like when I look at that side of us, I'm like, well, this part of me is very dude love inspired, but this part of me is very cactus inspired. <laughs> Right, <laughs> where it's like when this happens. Oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. You just froze there for a second. Oh, now you're back. You're back now, so you don't have to make a bunch of weird faces and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you were saying that the, the, there's part of you that reminds you of dude love, and then there's part of you that reminds you of like cactus yeah, jack. Yeah, we're like when you're. Like, when you look at yourself, and it's like, man, I w took so much influence from this person where, like, the, ow, have mercy. Like, how many times have either one of us been going through either a locker room or just going around the show and just say some random stupid shit just because? Right? <laughs> like, I mean, definitely, like, trying, trying to just have good spirits and be positive and stuff is is i think the main inspirational takeaway i have from from mcfoley like i say like i just how i conduct myself as a human being you know just a lot of gratitude you know like that's one of the things that you can just tell by looking at mcfoley that he's grateful to be where he's at you know Absolutely. He's someone who, <laughs> if anyone has the right to be like, you know what, it's him, but he's not the one who's like, man, like, give me the pat on the back. He's like, well, this dude's doing really well, and this dude's doing really well, and this dude's doing really well, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, he's just, like, he's, he's pretty humble about it, too. Like, even if you watch his, like, reality show there's another way in which he gets his name out there like he's driving around in a you know pretty shitty looking like minivan and stuff like he, you know he's got money like oh, if, yeah. if Foley wanted to flex his money like he could be cruising around in whatever kind of like jacked muscle car he wants like because you know Cena's got a garage of 30 different kinds of like you know Ferraris and Lamborghinis and whatnot, but like Mick Foley's like he he's got the money. He could flex like that if he wanted to, but he doesn't like feel the need to. It's like, yeah, this is this Takes is what it family. is. This is what you get, and you know, it, it. I just like that's one of the things about him that I really admire is just how like here it is. This is you know what you see is what you're gonna get, and it's still quality with him you know it's quality product what you get 
Absolutely. And so we spoke to that uh, 99 biography earlier. Yeah. Um, so I went through my Cameron Stevens Panther Pack Facebook group. And I had actually shared the full link to that on YouTube and left a little uh, bit of a post with it. And I feel like it's fitting for this program. Uh, and I quote, uh, I have something to share. I watched this biography on Mick Foley and came to the realization fairly early into it that this was very familiar. I had a VHS tape for everyone who remembers those as a kid with this documentary on it. And much like Mick Foley was in the ring, it was one of my favorite tapes. Uh, I feel like this documentary, along with the hardcore legend himself, himself, shaped a huge piece of who I would become as a performer and a person. Mick always showed me that you can achieve your dreams and the wildest of goals with hard work, passion, and staying true to who you are. Mick Foley taught me that as a person, you will never be defined by one characteristic or emotion. A person is many different characteristics and emotions wrapped into one unique being that should be proud of itself. In some of my darkest hours, I would look to the likes of Raven, Abyss, The Sandman, Jeff Hardy, and countless others to inspire me. However, not many had the inspirational effect on me that McFoley did. The three faces of Foley, four if you include Mick himself, or maybe even five if you choose to add Santa. But the point is, he had such a huge personality that it takes so many different outlets and characters to properly express himself, and that always resonated with me. It's likely why today I try to express myself in every way I can while teaching my kids to never hide who they are. In life, I like to consider myself a fairly happy family man, and on that level, I can relate to the man himself. I have a good few mental health issues that led to my resonating with his mankind and Cactus Jack personas. I can relate to dude love on the style or lack of style and having fun much like I tried to as much as possible. And on a way less psychological level, I always loved his work in the ring. He never failed to connect with me. If I had to rank the three faces of Foley, it would probably go Cactus, Mankind, and then Dude. But I loved his matches. The ones with Terry Funk, the ones with The Undertaker, Steve Austin, and Vader. I loved his interviews, whether it was ECW or his later WWE stuff. His mannerisms definitely left a strong impression on me. And yeah, that's essentially the majority of that post and that realistically that inspiration that le level of connection is a big part of why Mick is the first episode big part of why Mick is someone who I wanted to choose very quickly and very early on in this show um he was someone who could tell you that you can do it. All you need to do is believe in yourself. All you need to do is be who you are and bust your ass. That's all you need to do. And you can do what you want to do. You can put, you just put your mind to it. You can achieve whatever you want. I love it. I absolutely love it. And when there was times where I didn't know what I was going to do with life in general, let alone where it was going, I would look at people like Mick Foley and be like, you know what, though? Like, 
if he can go out and overcome, maybe I can too. And it might just be for that small little moment. But the fact of he's able to give that kind of impression on somebody, that he can keep somebody going for a certain period of time, for long enough for them to be able to come to themselves and sort themselves out, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's something, and to be perfectly honest, if this does ever reach Mick Foley, <laughs> that is something I would like him to know, is that in there were days where people like myself, and I'm sure you as well, we didn't know where we were going to go within the week. And with his influence, with his content, with his who he was as a person, we were able to get through our personal struggles and make it to where we are now, where we can use our influence to inspire people the same way Mick did with us. And at the end of the day, that's one of my biggest goals with being in the ring, with doing these podcasts. I want to inspire people the same way that people like Mick Foley inspired me. Be yourself, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree with that. I like, like you say, be yourself and, and I, you know, like I say, like, I'm just here to uh, entertain people with my friends and, you know, I, I could like, I know that if Mick Foley came to one of our shows and was part of the RCW like locker room, he would be friends with everyone on the show. So, and that's, that's how I try to operate myself as well. So. Definitely uh, mad props to uh, Mick Foley, and thank you for having me on the show today, Cameron. Oh, man, anytime. And obviously, I'm sure you'll be back on either this show. I might start a second show. Who knows? I don't. Uh, I might have another show to do, man. Hell, one without a gimmick, one where we just shoot the shit and see where we're at, you know? Uh but we'll reach that bridge when we come to it. You'll likely be on one of my shows again. I'll likely be on one of yours again. This is definitely not going to be our last podcast Maybe. together. Yeah, um, I, I, I think next week for Inspired. Um, how about this? Because I've got a few people lined up that want to do this show. How about we go through Love Wrestling? We go through the Cameron Stevens social medias we put up a few polls and we let our audience decide who the next person to come on the show is oh okay i i like are they choosing who the uh, inspiration is or are they gonna have to pick between like tony king and, and jeremiah javen actually javen might uh I'm thinking Javen, Jordan Aries, or uh, one of the AWA trainees. Okay. But I, I had that TJ Cannon on. I might even get Spencer on episode two. Who knows? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, 
Well, thank you for having me on again. I appreciate that. Uh, should we probably Absolutely. get Love get to our? Shit, uh, what are, oh, what are okay. you? Um, well, I've still got uh, my T-shirt available. This is uh, through Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, I've got uh, another T-shirt that you designed. It's also up on Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, very easy to uh, just search the, for the word goose on Pro Wrestling Tees, and only my stuff will come up because I'm the only wrestler in the world named the Canadian Goose. Um so yeah, buy my t-shirts off of there. Um, every Friday and Saturday, we're running shows here in Alberta again. So uh, this weekend, um, Friday, Calgary, Saturday, Edmonton. Also, uh, Canadian Wrestling Elite is coming through town. So uh, uh, tomorrow is going to be Medicine Hat. Then uh, Thursday is the CWE in Calgary. So Calgary's got a big weekend of wrestling coming up here because they got Thursday and Friday night. So big stuff happening uh, all around Alberta here with uh, CWE uh, making their usual stop here. They're doing a show in, you know, they've probably, they're probably doing one in Lethbridge, like maybe tonight. I don't know when that is, but Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, Calgary, Edmonton, uh, they're doing uh, St. Is it St. Peter or St. Paul? Uh, you know, those right, up, right near Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Grand Prairie. So they, they've got a huge uh, bunch of stuff coming up. So check out uh, Canadian Wrestling Elite, Real Canadian Wrestling, Top Talent Wrestling Academy. Uh, we're having a uh, uh, like a wrestling mini camp for anyone that wants to try out uh, to become a professional wrestler. So that's going to be happening uh, this month. So get at uh, Heavy Metal or Michael Richard Blaze if you'd like to take part in that. And uh, yeah, and speaking to that, uh, I would highly recommend that if you're in the Edmonton area or in Alberta, no. um, take advantage of that. Those are two guys that are at the top of their game and they know what they're at. So, yeah, you always get a real good taste for uh, the, everything that's going to be involved in those mini camps, like. There's a lot of hard work, but there's a lot of fun going on on those days too. So, absolutely, and uh, yeah, man, I suppose uh, this is the time where I should probably plug my own shit. Uh, as I'm sure many of you have seen, all across the bottom have been just me plugging my shit all show. Um, and I'm gonna put this up here now. So this is the link it's been promoting the whole time. Linktree slash uh, TSP Cameron Stevens. Now what that link is gonna bring you to is every single thing that I got on the go, whether it's my Facebook, my stores, my everything. I got 18 shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees as we speak. Jesus, I thought I, I see. I didn't. I thought you were only allowed to put up like two. <laughs> so, See, I thought it was four for the longest time, and then I oh, actually went and checked, and I just started uploading designs. I've got 18 shirts currently on Pro Wrestling Tees, so there's plenty of options. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Please well, I know, sure I know what I want shirts. my next uh, Goose design to be, so... Make sure to pick up a uh, Canadian Goose t-shirt off of Pro Wrestling Tees while you're there. Grab a Cameron Stevens shirt. Hell, 
Grab a new Evolution Wrestling shirt while you're there. You could grab a Jeremiah Javen shirt while you're there. You could grab a Bulldog Hines shirt while you're there. Hell, you can grab our merchandise and then pick up a New Jack shirt. You could actually, here's something else. You could buy our shirts and a Mick Foley shirt in the same order. There you go. So after you're finished watching this podcast, that's what you got to do. You got to go to Pro Wrestling Tees. You got to order your favorite Canadian Goose shirt. You got to order your favorite uh, Cameron Stevens shirt and your favorite Mick Foley shirt. And then when they get in, take your picture with all your new shirts, with your order come in, and let us know. Yeah, there we go. But, uh, yeah, basically that link will send you to everything. Um, my wife has been doing her photography stuff, and we're getting that off the ground again here. Uh, obviously, cat Twitter in the Fatal 4 Paws deal is still a thing. Um, Coden likes to do his streaming on either Twitch, no, not Twitch, yeah, either Twitch or TikTok, usually. Um, is there anything you, else you got on the go? What about the production of, uh, Wizard of Oz that'll be happening in, uh, Oh, Mars yeah, we still, we, oh, Wizard of Oz is coming, yeah, the, the Panther Ghost Wizard of Oz is gonna be coming, don't, don't you worry. I might, we might have to book, uh, Kevin Nash as Oz, though. Now making his way to the ring from somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> you know what? I'm curious if anyone's ever booked Kevin Nash and tried to get him to be Oz. I wonder I if he know. still has the suit. I'm pretty sure he uh, did come out here for a booking once. Uh, who did he? I think he wrestled uh, Merck. And then uh, uh, Farron was the referee. I, I couldn't speak like I didn't see the match or anything or uh but can I, I can I can I can imagine Squig trying to talk him in. We want you to go out there and wrestle the night of the apocalypse as Oz. <laughs> as Oz. Yeah. Oh yes, I love it. Um but to close out my little uh, plug here uh, on top of the family stuff, on top of my wrestling stuff and these Love Wrestling podcasts and everything, make sure to check out Love Wrestling on everything. Actually, we can't fucking forget that. Check out Love Wrestling, Twitch, <laughs> YouTube, Instagram, whatever, Twitter, Facebook. Go on AOL if he's there. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, let everybody know about Love Wrestling, Cameron Stevens and the Canadian Goose. Um, I've started a Instagram here recently for my graphic design work uh, at monstrous.graphics. Um, I've got a few Canadian Goose designs on there. <laughs> yeah, I uploaded the uh, logos I done up for you, Goosey, don't you worry. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, Solid. so... I've got about, what, 50, 60 posts on there so far. So anyone who uh, wants a logo done up, shoot me a message, man. Uh, a logo is only going to run you about 20 bucks for your first uh, logo. I'll do a two-for-one special, especially if you're yeah. someone I like. So There you go. That's a, that's a good But deal. if I don't like you, eat shit. You're not getting a deal. Screw you. No, I'm kidding. No. Everyone gets that two for one right off the bat. Uh, 
just because realistically, I don't mind doing that extra little bit of work to make that little bit of money, man. It's bust your ass and earn, uh, earn your money. But, uh, awesome. Thank you very much for coming on, Goosey. Um, this has been about a 15-minute plug for between the two of us. Oh, this is like uh, when Jordan Aries wrestled El Sombra in Winnipeg. And they, oh, they yeah. Were, they were yeah, 45 the minutes into their 15-minute uh, match. Well, we're yep. exactly we're sitting but, here uh, 45 minutes into our five-minute uh, close down. <laughs> Absolutely, but honking all the way home. Make sure to kickstart that like button. Rock over to that subscribe button. Click that shit. Make sure to show us all your love, humanly possible. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Do all that good shit. Buy the merchandise. I don't care if it's Cameron Stevens, Canadian Goose, or Love Wrestling. We want some merch money <laughs> to feed them mouths. Stop. <laughs> There's only one way to wrap up this whole thing, and that's by saying, have a nice day. Have a nice day. Hong Kong, rock on, boys.